Welcome back to He Leadeth Me, a spiritual formation podcast for Focus staff, students, and friends. I'm Jessica, Focus's Manager of Spiritual Formation, and today I am joined by Father John Ignatius Ezradi, one of our national chaplains. Hi, Jess. Again, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. So, Father, today, because uh, we are just beginning the Lenten season, I wanted to talk about the topic of conversion. All throughout Lent, the church keeps calling us to conversion. And right at the beginning, we have these marvelous gospel passages where Jesus is telling people to repent and believe in the gospel. But I think that as a church, we tend to think of conversion as that initial moment when we turn to the Lord and surrender our lives to him. I think it was maybe six months or a year ago, the internet was all abuzz because Shia LaBeouf, this famous actor, had had a conversion. And that's that's great. And a lot of us will refer to our conversion stories, and we'll talk about that initial conversion experience. But at the same time, the call of Lent to conversion has to be for all of us. And for those of us who have been following the Lord for maybe a number of years, still feel the need for conversion, uh, that there's something missing, that they want to go deeper. So can you tell us just a little bit about what conversion means? That is a great point, and it's so fitting to this uh, time of beginning of Lent. You know, um, I think the first thing to say is we can speak about conversion in, in different ways. Uh, first, uh, conversion as a change of life in the sense I, I was living a sinful life. And I found the Lord and I, I changed my life and I embraced Christ and his gospel. And that is a, the famous stories of, of conversion that we hear here uh, everywhere. Then we have the famous second conversion that many of our missionaries may have had, of, of friends, benefactors, uh, in which, yeah, uh, I was raised Catholic, but then for whatever reason I fell away or I didn't care. And then I had this encounter with Christ and I came back. So this coming back is maybe the second conversion. But there's a third kind of conversion that for me is very important and maybe is the one we want to talk about today because it's the one that is more incumbent for us and for missionaries and friends, which is an ongoing conversion. Uh, we need to always turn around and go to Christ. And I think you had the first one, maybe uh, many of our listeners had it. Uh, we had the second one, which maybe many of our listeners had it, but all of us are called to this ongoing conversion so that we can always grow closer to Christ. Yeah, and what kind of conversion do you think our missionaries and students need the most during this Lent? You know, uh, you know me already, many of the listeners too, I love languages, so I always like to explain some of the uh, spiritual aspects with the words. So uh, I want to focus on the word conversion. I think that can give us an idea of what we mean with this ongoing conversion. Uh, conversion, the, the word conversion comes from a Latin verb, which is conversor, which means to turn around. I think that that gives us a key to understanding what we mean by conversion, whether it is the first one, the second one, or the ongoing one. Uh, the first conversion is I am looking towards sin, towards a sinful life, and I turn around and look at Christ and follow Christ. A second conversion could be I'm looking towards a mediocre life, uh, not that bad as the other one, but still mediocre. I may be away from Christ and I turn around and 
educate Christ and follow Christ. What about the ongoing conversion? You know, many times, even if we are living a life of grace, and by the grace of God, we are in the state of grace, and we are missionaries, and we are people who practice our faith, there is what we call attachments. Attachments are things things in, in, the, in the world, in our lives, which may not be sinful, but we love more than we should. And eventually, they can become obstacles between us and Christ, an obstacle in our journey towards holiness. So conversion means I'm looking at this attachment, I'm looking towards it, and I see that there is an attachment. I think that it's not sinful, but it's becoming an obstacle. And then I turn around and I look at Christ. So the invitation of the church for Lent is precisely that. Uh, if you see, especially the first uh, the first days of Lent, the readings are always uh, focused on going back to God, going back to Christ. Uh, not that we are away, but maybe we are not facing him. So the Lord is calling us back to say, hey, hey, look at me, I'm here, come to me, instead of facing those creatures, which again may not be sinful, but will not bring you happiness or lead you to eternal life. So I think that is the first way in which uh, we can understand the word conversion, just turning around and looking at Christ and following him. Yeah, and that's a very positive thing because we can tend to look at all of the things that we're doing wrong and think, oh, I need to overcome these things so that I can grow my relationship with the Lord. But if we're looking at all the things that we did wrong, we just get discouraged. And Jesus is calling us to look at him. And then the love that he presents to us is so great that everything else seems small in comparison. And we're able to let go of all of those other things as long as we keep our gaze on him. You know, many times people look at Lent, in a, as you say, in a negative aspect, in a negative way. I will give up something. I will give up uh, cookies or sweets or coffee, which sounds crazy for some people give up coffee. I tried, but I, uh, but I mean, those things are good. And I, I don't want to discourage people from doing those things. Uh, precisely those giving things up is about uh, detaching ourselves from things that are not sinful, but you know, we love too much and we should be detached from. But Lent is about, as you say, something positive. What are the virtues I want to plant in my heart? What are the things I should change so that I can be more like Jesus? And usually when I have to choose something to be more like Christ, I will have to give something up. And that is a detachment aspect. So I want to be more patient. So, well, I, because Jesus is patient, uh, I have to see how I can be less impatient. And, you know, uh, I want to be more detached from the things of the earth. So, well, I, that is why I give up some pleasures, uh, which are not sinful, but, you know, I want to be more spiritual. So it's always about looking at Lent in a positive way. What is an attachment? Again, something that I love more than I should. So we don't have to think of an attachment as something that is sinful Per se, an attachment could be an attachment to my clothes, an attachment to my plans, an attachment to my family, all those things who are great. I mean, my clothes are great, my plans are great, my family is awesome. But if they become, if they come before Christ, they become obstacles. So I think that Lent is a great opportunity for us to examine ourselves and to think, are there any attachments in my life, things that I love more than I should, and that could become an obstacle in my relationship with Christ? If the answer is yes, well, we have to detach. You know, what you're saying about attachments kind of reminds me of a metaphor that I read once, and I think it's in St. John of the Cross, where he's saying it doesn't matter if a bird is held down by a chain or by a thread, it still can't fly. Is that John of the Cross? 
I think so. I think but so. I don't want to say for sure. Yeah, but it's a really powerful metaphor because it shows that it doesn't really matter what we are attached to. As long as we're attached to something, it's going to keep us from really uh, going to the heights in our relationship with Jesus. Yeah, and also, you know, Lent is a great opportunity for us to go deeper. Uh, sometimes we focus on the quote-unquote big stuff. And as you say, it's a chain or a thread. It doesn't matter. But, I mean, it, it prevents the bird from flying. So maybe there are little threads that are preventing us from flying to Christ. Mm -hmm. So it's a great opportunity because we have to remember, this is what we call a strong time in the church. So there are special graces of conversion that the season of Lent gives us. So we have to take that opportunity and to see, well, what can I detach myself from? Never think, oh, this is too little. What is little before God? You know, I mean, everything is little, everything is big. So, I mean, we have to always do whatever we can so that we can go to Christ faster uh, and in a safer way. Yeah, and you know, I think that in penances, people tend to automatically focus on, I'm going to give up sweets or something like that. And I think those things are really good because as Americans, we just have everything that we want all the time. And so we need to practice self-denial. So that's really good. But at the same time, when you're looking at the attachments that hold you back in your relationship with Jesus, usually they're a little bit deeper than attachments to things like food uh, or you know other little comforts. And so I think it's really beneficial just at the beginning of Lent to ask Jesus, what is it that I'm really attached to? Is it my own plans, my desire for control, uh, things that you said that are good things, like my family, but maybe I'm a little too attached to them? And then ask him, what penances can I undertake this Lent so that you can help free me from those attachments. Yeah, what penances and what are the ways in which I can detach myself? So, for example, if I am too attached to my plans, for example, I can say, well, even though I think that this plan is better, my plan is better than my team director's plan or my teammate or my friend's plan, uh, I will go with their plan because just I want to deny myself. I think that uh, Lent is a great opportunity for us to remember that famous condition that the Lord gave us uh, to those who want to be his disciples. If anyone wants to follow me, must deny himself, take up his cross every day and follow me. So that's self-denial. It's part of this detachment that we are talking about. And that is why the church invites us to deny ourselves with penance, with fasting. But we have to remember that that is not the only thing the church tells us. I mean, there's a lot of prayers. The church wants us to pray, which not only is to pray more, but also to pray more intentionally. I mean, maybe we don't have much time to, uh, to, to add to our prayer time, but we can certainly add more intentionality. Uh, so it's always about denying ourselves. It's always about putting God in the center, bringing Jesus back to the center, bring him back to our heart and remove ourselves and the things, again, which are not sinful, but which are not God from the center of our lives. So, you know, specifically about attachments to things that are not sinful, uh, but they're good things, and yet you kind of recognize in your life that they are holding you back from your relationship with Jesus. I've seen people get really spiritually confused about this because they'll say things like, okay, I know that the thing that I am attached to is that I really want this thing to happen for my career, or I want to be married, or whatever it might be, that they would be really mad at Jesus if he didn't give them that. 
And then where they'll get confused is they'll say, but doesn't Jesus want me to be happy? Doesn't Jesus want me to have good things? Or is it that my life is just supposed to be suffering and self-denial? What do you have to say about that? It's, it's a little of everything, you know. I mean, there must be denial because the cross is a way that God chose to save us. The Son of God died on the cross. So one of the questions I will ask him when I meet him in person in heaven is, hey, Jesus, why the cross, right? Because, I mean, as uh, the book of the Imitation of Christ says, if there were a better way to go to heaven, Jesus would have shown it to us, but he showed us a cross. So we have to understand that there's no Christian life without suffering, without cross, without self-denial. So God wants us to be happy, and he wants us to be happy on this earth, but essentially he wants us to be happy in all eternity. So we have to always remember that. So why does God allow evil in the world? Because he's the only one who can draw good out of evil. And that goodness that he wants, that good for us, is heaven. So that is something to always remember. And then another thing to understand is that we don't have all the picture. He sees the entire picture. We don't. So listen, everyone knows that I'm from Argentina. You can hear that, right? So anyway, so I was from, I'm from Argentina. I came to the States almost 13 years ago. When I was asked if I wanted to come to the States, if you want me to be honest, I didn't. I was in Argentina. I was very happy with my mission. I, I love the food there and everything. My family is there. So interiorly, I said, well, no, I don't want to leave my country, learn a new language, meet new people, new mission. American uh, food. Yeah, American food, burgers. So anyway, but I said yes because, well, uh, I, I had a vow of obedience. And 13 years later... I go everywhere with my water bottle. I always say that it's very American. But the most important thing is I am an American citizen. I'm very happy to be here. I'm thrilled to be in America. I love it. So, but 13 years ago, I didn't know. God knew. Moreover, if you want to see how God works, I would say that when I was 18 years old, before joining seminary, my spiritual director advised that I should study something in college. And I didn't know what to study. And... I decided to study something that it was going to be useful and something that I would like. And guess what it was? It was, it was English. So that, that year of English helped me eventually come to the States and be able to do, I mean, having a conversation with you, Jess, here in a podcast. I mean, have you ever thought that? I mean, I never thought when I was in seminary that I was going to be speaking on a podcast in, in the States, in English, you know, in the mountains in Colorado, you know, never. So, I mean, we are kind of diverting here, but uh, I think it's about trusting in God and, yeah. and knowing that he has a plan. But we need to be open, and we go back to our, our topic, we need to be open to denying ourselves. Mm -hmm. uh, don't think that our plan is everything because he has a plan. And, you know, the practice of self-denial, the practice of penance, the practice of detachment, uh, that's so proper to Lent are great opportunities and great, I mean, just to open our hearts to the will of God in our lives. Because in the end, that is what the church wants. I mean, it's not about how hard do I, uh, how hard can I be? I mean, how much I can, can I fast or how, how cold the water can be when I take a shower? It's not about that. It's about how united I am to the will of God. All those practices, all that self-denial, everything should lead to this union of my heart with the heart of Jesus. Otherwise, it is completely useless. And the union of my will to the will of God is to accept 
what God is asking me to do. And many times I will not understand it. And that is where the self-denial comes in. That's a great point. So say you have somebody who goes to prayer and they ask Jesus, show me what I am attached to that you want me to relinquish to you during this Lent. And maybe he shows them you are attached to your own plans. How would you recommend that they go about allowing Jesus to free them of that during Lent? Because, you know, at first when you're shown what you're attached to and you realize how attached to it you are, that can be a little overwhelming and you cannot even know where to begin. What do you think? That is an awesome question. Uh, I think that we have to remember that our conversion, our detachment uh, is a work of the grace of God. So the first thing to do is to ask God to detach us. When we ask God to show us what our attachments are, the next petition should be, please detach me. Okay? I mean, uh, one of the mistakes that we can make is to think that we are going to do everything by ourselves. And that is Pelagianism. That is something wrong. We want uh, to let God work in us. So the first step will be, Jesus, just detach me from my plans. Change my plans. And for sure he will. Another way, and because uh, God wants our cooperation also with his grace, is to find ways in which we can deny ourselves. I mean, you are buying something for dinner and you like Chinese, but your friend likes Italian like me. Well, buy Italian instead of Chinese. You are denying yourself. You are changing your plans. So always find opportunities, you know, in your daily life to deny yourself and to change your plans, and to go with other people's plans. And that is very, very practical. And I'm sure that all of you guys who are listening will have a lot of examples in daily life. And that is how you open your heart to allowing God to change your plans. Yeah, I think that's actually the advice that St. John of the Cross gives in the Ascent of Mount Carmel. He's writing to nuns who want to go deeper in their spiritual life. And he's telling them, try to practice self-denial in little ways just denying your own will and going with what another sister wants. Things like that open your heart to receive that grace of conversion, and then you can receive the Lord in a deeper way. Exactly. And I want to uh, jump to another thing about conversion here, uh, because there's another way to understand it, which is related to this. We said that conversion means to turn around, right? This verb, conversor, in Latin. If we go to Greek, conversion is metanoia. And which is a word, the same, the same root that Jesus uses when he says, repent, is the same. And, and, and that repentance, that metanoia, is a change of mind. The root of the, of the word metanoia, which is conversion, repentance, is to change our mind. So that is another way in which we can look at conversion. It's just, I had to change the way I think. What does it mean to change the way we think? It means to look at life, our life, first and foremost, and other people's lives as God does. So to look at creation as means that God is giving me so that I can go to heaven, so that I can grow in holiness. When I am attached to something, that means becomes an end to me. I'm looking at that thing, that creature, as something that becomes my end, that everything goes towards it. If I change my mind and I look at that thing, that creature, as a means to go to Christ. I'm changing the way I think. So that is another way to look at conversion. So a question that we may ask ourselves, is there anything in which I have to change the way I look at? You know, uh, how does God look at my life, my job, my friendships, my things, my ideas, my plans? 
what would Jesus say about all these things? That is a great way to examine our conscience during Lent and see if there's anything we have to change. Now, that's a fascinating way to think about conversion is how does Jesus want me to change the way I think? And I think that most of the time when we think about conversion, it's how do I need to change my behavior? And yet so much of our behaviors would be changed if we simply changed the way we think. Absolutely, because behavior follows thought. We have in Spanish a saying that goes that if you don't behave the way you think, you will end up thinking the way you behave. Oh, interesting. So, I mean, if we change our thoughts and we think like Jesus, we are going to behave like Jesus, which is the goal of our life. Well, I could just see how maybe some of our missionaries struggle with their teammates or the students struggle with other students at the Newman Center, um, whoever it might be. If you allow Jesus to change the way you think about another person and pray, Lord Jesus, please show me how you see this person, show me their good qualities, then that'll radically change the way that you behave towards them. Absolutely. And also in a practical way, you know, uh, again, the imitation of Christ says, if everyone were perfect, we wouldn't have the opportunity to practice virtue. So if you see your teammate, your friend, your classmate, uh, your sibling, your father, your mother, whomever, and maybe for whatever reason they annoy you, look at that annoyance as a blessing. Is Jesus giving you an opportunity to be more kind, more patient, more loving? So uh, it's a great way to change our mind. Instead of thinking, oh, this person annoys me, I think, oh, this is a great opportunity for me to be like Jesus. So we are changing the way we think uh, when we are faced with a specific situation. Yeah, and St. Francis also said that if your brothers in religious life, he was speaking to the Franciscans, if they annoy you, that's an opportunity to grow in humility because it's probably more your own fault than theirs. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So I think that it's a great opportunity. Lent, Lent is such a, uh, a blessed time for us uh, to go deeper in our spiritual life, in our heart, yeah, to deny ourselves, to give up something. That is something good, again, but with that idea of I'm not earning grace, I'm not deserving grace, I am detaching myself from the things of the earth so that I make more room in my heart to God's grace. Yeah, and we really allow Jesus to transform our minds. Which is what we really want, right? Yeah. That's fascinating. Well, thank you so much for talking with me about conversion today. Um, could you close with a blessing for our listeners? Of course. Uh, the Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for all the blessings you give us. And we thank you for this time of Lent in which you invite us to come closer to you, closer to your son, closer to your saints. We ask you that you may give us the grace to deny ourselves so that we may open our hearts to receive the graces that you have prepared for us. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks everyone for listening.